Glory to God forever and ever. Jesus Christ is alive. Amen. He's the Savior. He's the Son of God. And He's the Lord God Almighty. The Lord is one, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's the most wonderful, beautiful person in the universe. Humans were born to fellowship with Him for eternity. Amen. He offers Himself fully to every person on the earth. Lord Jesus, we welcome You to this time. Be with those listening. Lord, fill them with a, Your Holy Spirit. And I believe with them that You'll reveal Your glory to them. I believe with them for their healing. If they need physical healing, heal, heal them in the name of Jesus. Amen. This is Wonder in Reality. My name's Jim. Apology that I've been away for a few days. I've, I've had a very bad cold and cough. Please pray that I'll get fully recovered. Um, I'm still dealing with it. But I wanted to get this message out. Um, if there's just one thing that someone listens to, please listen to, uh, to just the next minute. The Lord God Almighty is the great and awesome God of the universe and His glory is beyond words and beyond the human description. And humans were born to fellowship with Him. He's the great God Jehovah, His Son Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. And they are all one. It's, it's truly a, a glorious, eternal revelation that the entire truth of the Trinity and Jesus Christ is God. The Holy Spirit is God. He's a person. He, that's what humans were born to do is to, to literally fellowship with Him. And, and the supreme end of human beings is to know Him. That's what eternal life is. Just knowing Him. What a great privilege. What a, thank you, Jesus, for the privilege of just knowing you and of, of, of that uh, hope that we have. It's a, it's a present hope. It's we, because He's everywhere on the earth. Amen. He's, and this is something... The truth that about fellowship with Him, it's not emphasized a lot. It's not, but that's that's why I want to continue focusing on that. I may do just an entire series just on that. Sometimes we miss that. We like we don't focus on it, or we do other things, or we we all fall short of the glory of God. But And, and that's the key. That's the answer. Because when someone meets Him in that way, everything flows from that. They don't even have to try. A great man of God, I just heard one of his teachings about the anointing. Seven manifestations or, or results of the anointing. And one of the things he said was when, when someone gets the anointing. We all have the anointing, but 
these seven results will happen um, automatically. They, they, that's a paraphrase, but they won't even have to try. They would because, amen, it's just, amen, that, that's, He's the treasure that Jesus spoke about. And this series, I want to continue about heaven, hell, and mainly about those two subjects. It, it looks like the subject that Jesus spoke about the most, by far, was heaven. He also spoke about hell many times. I'm going to read something from Matthew 22 that's another revelation uh, of Jesus speaking about, basically about what will happen to unbelievers for eternity. But, but just one last thing about the, the anointing, the presence of Jesus. That, um, I've been, the last few messages have been chapters from the Gospel of John. So in John chapter 7, Jesus revealed the fourth phase of knowing God. When He said rivers of living water will flow from someone's innermost being, He's speaking about the anointing. That's the fourth phase of knowing God. There's four phases of knowing God. And Jesus revealed those in John chapters 3, 4, and 7. And in those chapters also, Jesus is speaking often about heaven and about, about aspects of heaven and, and about the one who sent him, about his father. It looks like he spoke about, he spoke directly about his father using the word father more than 150 times in the Gospels, possibly more than 175. But he also said, Many other times, you know, he said things like the one who sent me or he who sent me or, you know, I am from above, you are from beneath. He's speaking about his father and also about heaven in those. So I don't know if anyone, hopefully someone has, but it could be that no one has ever actually counted the specific times that Jesus Christ spoke about heaven and aspects of heaven. Isn't that interesting? I mean, if if you find that someone has done that, please let us in our ministry know. But it might be more than 250, more than 300, maybe even more than 400 times. Um, now, someone may say, well, that's, well, when, when every word of, that Jesus said is eternal and is in eternally important and beyond our human comprehension in the natural. But here's the key. When we experience His presence and glory, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, reveals all these glorious things. The mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Treasures of darkness. Treasures and... and Amen. And what a glorious privilege. And I mean, I could go on and on about But every person has that opportunity every day to receive the greatest thing in the universe. The greatest thing 
without a doubt in the universe, but also the greatest thing for a human being. When, when God fills, G, Reinhard Bonnke said, when God fills you with his Holy Spirit, you'll recognize yourself. And he went on to speak about how it's a celebration with Jesus Christ. It's a celebration. Amen. In addition, um, as I said earlier, Jesus spoke often about what will happen to unbelievers for eternity. Here's um, a verse that uh, something Jesus said that I have not included at all in, in this discussion, in, in this topic, uh, and also that's not on, we have a website called JesusWordsAboutHell.com. Our main website is WonderReality.org, and most of our websites are on the homepage, and our books are on the homepage, but one of our recent sites is JesusWordsAboutHell.com. <clears throat> And so here's an example of something that's not on that website that's not, but this is in the parable of the wedding feast. Matthew 22, famous parable. It starts with, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son, sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding. They were not willing to come. Again, he sent other servants saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I've, I've, everything's ready. That's a paraphrase. This reveals right at, right at the beginning... Well, a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son. So this is a very generous giving king. He's arranged a marriage for his son. And one of the first revelations in this parable is that this king invited certain people. They were not willing to come. He invited them again. And even told him, said, look, I've, everything's prepared. This is, reveals how our God is a, is a gracious and giving God and He's merciful. He'll give people second chances. He's just, amen. And more chances than that. Then the people, um, I, there's a lot in here, but then they, let me skip down. Um, Verse 5, they made light of it, went their ways, one to his farm, one to his business. The rest seized the servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. The king heard about it. He was furious. He sent out his armies. Okay, and here's what I want to hone in on. Destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. Destroyed and burned. Right here. Another example. That is, Jesus used those specific words several times, not just once in the, you know, he used the word destroy, destruction, specifically about what will happen to unbelievers for eternity, and also he used the word fire, like, I, I, I don't recall, I think it's more 15 times or more that he specifically used the word fire, he also said the word burn, four times, now this may be another one that, um, uh, this is another time he said burned. I don't think that's in that total of four. But now again, someone may say, well, this is a parable and it's figurative. Well, here's the thing. This is what I'm learning. 
it looks like Jesus spoke about hell and about what will happen to unbelievers for eternity in every way that he possibly could. Because he spoke about it generally about the place and what the place is like, that it's a place of, of fire. That's the main word, as I said. Um, I mean, he, the place, hell, but also the, he called it the everlasting fire. He called it, he used, uh, again, the word fire um, 15 times possibly or more. He also said the word burned. And, and, and again, in... But he, he spoke about, when he used these words fire and burned, sometimes he was saying it specifically about, it, 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 basically, it, sometimes he used these words literally about what, is happening to a person in hell and then also um, figuratively in a metaphorical sense in parables. And this Matthew 22 um, portion is an example of that where it's, this is a parable, a story. It's, some, some may say, oh, well, that's not really true. But my point is, he said, for example, in uh, the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, I mean, he gave it, that's another example, he gave even a specific parable with some about someone who is actually in hell and what they are experiencing, and, and actually quoted them, quoted the rich man, specific, what he specifically said and what he was suffering from. He said, I'm tormented in this flame. He said flame. It's, he's tormented in fire. The, the rich man called it this place of torment. He also was thirsty. So, this, in the coming days, I want to speak more about this. I just want to emphasize, it looks like Jesus spoke about heaven and hell in, in really all the ways that He possibly could. At the same time, we know that um, let's give an example. It, it, it looks like Jesus did not come out and specifically say humans were born to fellowship with me, with, with God. He gave the, he spoke about the answer for human beings in, in well, in, in, He is the answer. He, every parable, you know, whether it, I think it's 42 or 44 parables and all of His teachings and, and everything, He's revealing the answer for human beings. Even in Revelation 3.20, I believe it's Revelation 3.20, the famous passage. Jesus said, um, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He who opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him, sup with him, and he with me.
In this passage, Jesus reveals that He offers to become someone's everything. We know as humans that we need food. We continually need food. We need water. We need... But in that passage that I just... In Revelation 3.20, Jesus basically uses like... It, it, it could be that it's an allegory, two allegories. The first one, He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. So He's comparing someone's, a human being, to like a house with a door. Okay, and so he, he did that. We know He did that another time. He who builds His house on this rock. Also, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. So it's not the only time Jesus used that. Let's call it an allegory. It may not be an allegory, but it's like a metaphor or an allegory. An allegory is a story, poem, or picture to reveal a, a, a hidden truth. And then the next one is, He offers to become someone's food. We know that He did that another place. He said, specifically, I'm the bread of life. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. He's... he's my overall point I want to emphasize, and Jesus revealed the answer. He spoke about heaven and hell in so many different ways and in possibly every way that He possibly could. And, and what will happen to unbelievers is a great example of that, of how He just he spoke about it generally and specifically. He spoke about the specific place, what is going the, uh, which is hell, also the specific um, type of place, the eternal everlasting fire, and then another uh, description of the place that it's a place of torment. He spoke about it. It's recorded in all four Gospels. He spoke about the specific torments that people will be enduring. Fire, burned in fire, where, where there's wailing, gnashing of teeth, where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched, weeping, hunger, thirst, Morning. Those are not in specific order. They're in generally... Um, I tried to group those together. He revealed people will have their body and soul. He even said specifically that people, their body and soul will be destroyed. You say, where is that? He said... Fear Him who has the power to destroy both body and soul in hell. Matthew 10.28. That's a paraphrase that may not be exact. But, but okay, with that, he, he, so He revealed, He said specifically that people will have a body and soul for eternity, uh, uh, you know, in, in hell. Okay, and therefore, uh, but also, 
he revealed it in several that truth several different times because the only way someone can wail or gnash teeth is that they have a body. The only way someone can mourn, that's in Luke 6. Woe to you who laugh, for you shall mourn and weep. Um, you have to have a soul to mourn, to be sad. The, okay, so then... Okay, he spoke very figuratively in more than one parable. It possibly could be several parables. Well, well, we know at least this one parable, Matthew 22, he spoke figuratively about destroy and burn. It's, in a, it's a parable. It's a story. It's what happened. You know, the, the, the king did this to that. I mean, that's pretty specific that the king did that. But again, it's just people could argue and say, well, that's just a story. He used the specific word destruction. He said, enter by the narrow gate. Wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. But how narrow is the gate, constricted is the way that leads to life. He spoke about, um, in an allegory, John 15 in the True Vine passage, in an allegorical sense, in an allegory, He said, um, any branch that does not bear fruit. Let me just read this. This is from John 15. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and, and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. Now this is pretty specific. Even though it's an allegory, it is specific. He is, let's count them. He is cast out and is withered, they gather them, they throw them into the fire, and they are burned. Cast out. He said that word several times in, in different places. He said, um, this is just some of the times that he's speaking. Okay? N then, he even, as I said earlier, it's so important we realize he gives a specific parable of someone who's in hell and what they are experiencing, even quoting them directly about what they are experiencing and what they wish. I mean, and what I didn't mention earlier is the person has their, mem the rich man has his memory of his family on the earth. His brothers, he doesn't want them to go to hell. He asks Abraham to send Lazarus to go and tell them to warn them about the place. I believe that's what he's speaking to Abraham. And and it's the only parable. I believe it's an absolutely true story. It's a true event that happened. This is specifically happened. Jesus heard the rich man saying this to Abraham. Jesus heard and knew everything that this man said and remembered it and said it to the public. And it's recorded for us today. It's incredible. He, and, and let me just add, it, it's, I could be wrong about the following, but it, it, it could be that this is the only parable in which someone's real first name, proper name is used, Lazarus, 
it's the, it's definitely the only parable about two people, one of whom, and where they are in in eternity. In other words, one's in paradise and one's in in it says Hades, which is hell. It's the only parable in which Jesus quotes someone specifically who's in hell, Hades. A lot of one-time things. But, but that's an example of how Jesus is emphasizing what will happen to unbelievers for eternity. Now also something that's very serious is that Jesus, remember Jesus said, many will come to me in that day and say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name? And he, and he said, depart from me, I never knew you. And, and he spoke about... Um, to whom much he said, to whom much is given, much is required. He who knew his master's will and didn't do it shall be beaten with many stripes. He blows. He who did not know and did not do it shall be beaten with few. These are very serious things. He, in in also it's uh, in the parable I mentioned earlier in in Matthew 22, the parable of the wedding feast. At the end of that parable, it says. Um, there was someone there who didn't have on a wedding garment. And the king said to the servants, bind him hand and foot, take him away, cast him into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Six specific things that he says there. Bind him hand and foot, take him away, cast him, and then into outer darkness, which is a place in hell. <clears throat> That's revealed in Mary Baxter's book, A Divine Revelation of Hell, that that's an actual place in hell. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. These are difficult things, but, but God has offered the perfect solution. Jesus is the solution. Jesus is the rest. He's the, the treasure. He's the answer. He's the wonderful Savior. The Good Shepherd. Now here's something I want to share I have not shared recently. Remember Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. And I believe He is the light of the world and will be for eternity. Amen. He said, as long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. He also said, very famous, He said to His disciples, you are the light of the world. So we, because of the Holy Spirit, we, really because of Jesus in us, we're the light of the world. Um, possibly... I want to speak more about that in the coming days. But but just it's Paul called it the riches of the glory of the mystery. The mystery of Christ, the mystery of in Revelation, the mystery of God. Jesus spoke about the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. These things are beyond human words. Just the, the truth that God would offer to have a relationship with us 
that the great and awesome God of the universe would offer to have a relationship with someone and offer to fellowship with them for eternity. It's just beyond human words. And the Holy Spirit's the one who reveals all these wonderful things. Amen. He's God. Administrative um, things. I, I want to thank our partners. Great things are happening every day. People are finding and listening to this podcast from around the world. They're finding the books. They're visiting the websites. So in the last 30 days, people from more than 35 countries have listened to this podcast. and Now that's less than it was in the previous 30 days. Uh, but Lord, I bless the listeners in the U.S., Canada, Ireland, Singapore, Australia, the U.K., Germany, Russia, Egypt, Oman, Argentina, Japan, Turkey, Brazil, Dominican Republic, Colombia, Guatemala, Micronesia, Ghana, the Ivory Coast, Bangladesh, Spain, Bulgaria, Malaysia, Morocco, Hong Kong, Mexico, Nigeria, Romania, Sweden, Taiwan, a province of China, Trinidad and Tobago and, and the Ukraine and other and in cities around the world. Please do visit our main website, wonderreality.org. Thank you for following this podcast and blessings.